Afro Tales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Ahoy, my friends. Welcome aboard the Afro Tales Podcast. I'm your storyteller, Aman Mazinga. Join me as we explore the tales that grew from the people of indigenous and African descent in the Americas and the Caribbean. After, come and see me, chef, who will impart upon you a recipe for the story you have just heard. So with no further ado, let us set sail on this new age of exploration. And Tuco's luck. There was an orphan boy. His name was Antuco. Country people called him the little blade. Since he always liked to be sharply dressed. And this Antuco was a cowherd at a ranch in the mountains. His foreman was an old tippler they called Master Anselmo. One day, the overseer said to Anselmo, Get out there drinking, or I'll replace you with somebody younger. Master Anselmo immediately thought, Antuco, who was a great favorite of the overseer. Very reliable, and never touched a drop. So from then on, the old foreman took a dislike to Antuco and tried to get him fired. One night, a cow was missing from the paddock, and the foreman told everybody that Antuco was in partnership with the thief. Antuco denied it, but no matter, he was sent away from the ranch without his pay, and the overseer threatened to call the law against him if he didn't leave immediately. So he bundled up what few clothes he had and without a cent in his pocket, he headed for Santiago to join the army. Because without recommendation, how could he get a job at another ranch? Since he had never been to Santiago and wasn't sure which road to take, he lost time getting started. Before he knew it, it was dark. He took shelter in an abandoned farm picked up a few sticks to make a fire and ate some bread. Then he wrapped himself in his blanket and fell asleep. He had a strange dream that an old woman was sitting there warming herself by the fire. When he asked who she was, she said, I am your luck. If you're my luck, how could you let me suffer for so long without helping me? Because I have been lying asleep at this little farm where you were born. And to wake up, I had to have a warmth from a fire only you could light. Now I won't sleep anymore. And I'll help you whenever you need me. You're going to be rich and you'll make your mark on the world. How could I be rich when I don't have a pittance in my pocket? You'll have the answer from the first Christian you meet on the road. If you don't fail to do him a favor, that is. With these words, the old woman vanished and Antuco slept on. At daybreak, he set out again for Santiago. After walking a while, he came to a crossroads. Just then, a man came by on horseback. 
and Antuco asked for directions. The man said, it's up the road on the right. And he invited Antuco to ride behind him on his horse since he was taking the same road himself. As they went along, Antuco explained that he was going to Santiago to be a soldier. And the man said he had left home the day before and was just coming back from a distant ranch where he'd gone to get his brother-in-law. And what bad luck. My wife had a baby and today there's a priest coming to our ranch to bless the new house. So we thought we'd have the baptism at the same time. But brother-in-law and my wife's old aunt were supposed to be the godparents. But it turns out my brother-in-law is in bed with an injury. So what do we do now? It's a rough crowd at our place, and my wife wouldn't have any of them as a godfather. Are you in a hurry to Santiago? Would you, would you mind being the godfather for my little son? I'm sure my wife would be glad to have you as a compadre. Antuco agreed to stay until the next day, and when they got to the house, he was introduced to the wife. Then the husband explained about the brother-in-law, Mina, for that was the woman's name, took a liking to Antuco and thanked him from the bottom of her heart. Don't mention it. It is an honor to be the godfather to your little son and compadre to such a fine woman as yourself. The priest arrived and the baptism was performed. Then everybody sat down for chicken stew and some drops of chicha, drinking to the health of the new baby. During the meal, Antuco told his dream of the night before and said with a laugh that it had come true, since already he had been asked to do a favor. Bah, said Mina, such silliness. If dreams came true, my husband would have found a pile of gold coins and precious stones by now. Is that so? said Antuco. Ah, uh, yes, said the husband. Just think, for three days I have dreamed every night about a genie came to me and told me that there was a spur in the side of a mountain where I'd find a dead hawthorn with three branches in the form of a cross. And buried at the foot of this tree would be a ball of red yarn. And if I tie the yarn to the tree and throw it over my shoulder, it would lead me to an underground passage where I'd find a chest full of gold and jewels. Imagine, compadre, where in the world would you find this famous hot dog? Mina is right. It's silliness. Antuco sat listening. He knew exactly the place in the mountains where there was a hawthorn shaped like a cross. And what had the old woman promised him? Hmm. He made up his mind to leave as soon as possible. No need to explain to the compadres. They would only make fun of him. So, he simply told them he had decided not to join the military after all and would be looking for work at another ranch. 
and it would be better for him to start at afternoon instead of spending the night. He asked to borrow their horse. I'll bring it back tomorrow. He then left the house and rode full speed toward the spot in the mountains where the hawthorn grew. It was night when he got there. But the moon was shining and he had no trouble finding the tree. He hitched the horse to a boulder and unsheathed his knife and he began to dig. He lifted out one piece of leather. Wrapped inside was a ball of red yarn that looked like it had been soaked in blood. He tied the yarn to the tree just as the compadre had said and gave the ball a toss. As it bounced and rolled and he ran after it until it stopped beside three stones. He picked up the ball, which was still quite hefty, and stuffed it into his pocket. Then he began to pull out the stones. As he moved the first stone, he heard rumbling inside the earth. He moved the second and the ground shook. Then he moved the third and the genie rose up surrounded by flames. The genie sprang toward him, nearly scaring him out of his wits. And to defend himself, he threw the first thing that came to hand, which was nothing more than the ball of yarn. The genie fell to the ground as if he had been hit with a hammer. And in that moment, Antuco knew the yarn had power. As he was about to tie him up, the genie said, Little master, little master, do not tie me up with that yarn. Let me be your servant. I am the guardian of the treasure, which I must hand over to the owner of the ball of yarn. Then get up, said Antuco, and take me to the treasure. The genie stood up, and the two men walked down the staircase into the earth. And there was a chest full of jewels and gold pieces. Antuco started to fill his pockets, but the genie said, Little master, don't exert yourself. I'll carry the chest wherever you want it. As long as you hold the red yarn, I am your servant. Whatever you wish, command me. I command that we be transported to a palace in Santiago. And I command that this horse be returned to my compadres with a bag full of gold. In that instant, Antuco and the genie were in a palace on the Alameda in Santiago. Such furnishings you've never seen. And in one of the bedrooms, Antuco found a wardrobe fit for a lord. He shook a little bell and the servants brought chocolate. Meanwhile, the genie put the treasure chest in the closet next to the bedroom and sat down on top of it to keep it safe. And Tuco, with his coaches and his horses, went out every day to take the air and began living like a prince. One day on the Alameda, he passed his compadres. They too were dressed in style and their baby in the arms of a servant. Without making himself known, he followed them until they stopped and entered a fine house. That way, 
he knew they received a bag of gold and it made him glad. Not long after that, he decided to travel. He wanted to see England and Paris, France. He took out the ball of yarn and ordered a ship furnished with all the luxuries so he could sail to Europe. And the next thing he knew it, word came from Valparaiso that the ship was ready. And Tuco went on board with the genie and the treasure chest. And after a few days, they docked at Paris. Antuco had already sent a telegram to the authorities, letting them know a Chilean prince was about to arrive. So the king had his ministers waiting at the harbor with a gilded carriage. When the ship dropped anchor, Antuco got off and started looking for a hotel. But the minister said, no, get in the cage. If you don't stay at the palace, the king will be offended. So Antuco had no choice but to say, all right, provided the genie could come too. The minister said, fine. But the genie said, no. He would have to go on foot to carry the treasure. Everyone marveled at the way he handled the chest. Four men couldn't have lifted it. That night at the banquet in his honor, Antuco presented the queen with a crown of diamonds. He gave the king a sword, well worked in gold. And the king's daughter got a pearl necklace with a brooch to match. Ask yourself whether such gifts were appreciated. Now, the princess was engaged to the son of the King of England, but to tell the truth, she didn't care for him. And once she'd seen Antuco, who cut such a bold figure, she started liking the English prince even less. So she whispered to her mother, who whispered to the king, and all three decided this prince of Chile would make a better husband. When England heard about it, war was declared on France, and English ships set sail at once. Antuco was made admiral of the French fleet. With the genie at his side and the ball of yarn in his hand, he gave the order for the red yarn to encircle the enemy. The genie drew the yarn tight, capturing the entire English navy. The prisoners were brought to Paris in chains, including the former fiance of the princess, who had to pay a ransom before being allowed to return to England. So, Antuco married the princess, and on the day of the wedding, they poured chicha for the people of France and drank to their health. When it was his turn to sign the marriage contract, he picked up the pen and wrote his name, Antuco of Chile, Prince of the Hawthorne. The End. Hey, we're back. We're still in the book, Latin American Folktales by Jean Beerst. We're still in South America because we're in Chile. All right. 
And Tuco's Luck is an awesome story, right? I love this story a lot. Especially toward the end where I felt like it got really fairy ish and everything because, you know, a string capturing all the ships from England and destroying them. And, and you know, he signs the, the paper, uh, Prince of it. Prince of Chile and the Prince of Hawthorne and all of that. It, it 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 was it was just funny to me. And I know, right? How does it get fairy tellish after the whole dream and throwing a piece of yarn over your shoulder and finding a genie with a with gold and everything like that? And it just did. Okay, it it, it just did. I love the story though. Um, I really feel like it tells you to follow your dreams. Right. Follow your dreams. But so. Before I go further. This story. Reminded me a lot of the peddler of Swaffle. So I had to check. Right. And yes, it is a lot like the peddler of Swaffle. And I remember that story because I listened to the Lorman podcast with Alistair Becker King and James Shakespeare. If you don't know about the uh, peddler of Swaffle. Go listen to that podcast. They're great. But then when I looked at the pillar of Swaffham and I saw where it got its or well, possible origins from. So it kind of came from one of the greatest folktale books ever. Right. Which is the one thousand and one. No. Yeah. One thousand and one nights. Uh, the Arabian uh, or the Arabian nights. The, the folktales. And so then it makes sense when you think about the aspects of this story and how it has the genie and the pot of gold and the genie um, coming out in a burst of flames, that is really particular to the gin of Arabic culture. Jin genie, yeah. You listen to this, you know, you know that Jin and genie have are similar words, right? But the whole genie being on fire, coming out in flames, and everything like that—that that is, if you look at a lot of Middle Eastern folklore and especially Arabic folklore, Muslim, um, in, in the Muslim faith, the Jin are a lot of times surrounded by fire. So that aspect right there kind of keeps them like, mm, this is kind of an Arabic type thing. And then um, the whole, the dreams and everything like that. Those, I mean, these kind of stories are all over the world. And so could have been influenced by one of them. Sure. Or could it be homegrown from Chile? Yes. Because, Common thinking happens all around the world, you know. It it just happens. But I love this story a lot. It was fun. I read through it like numerous times before <laughs> before I presented it. I apologize for any mispronunciations. I'm not from Chile, so I, you know, if you've gotten this far, you know I'm not from Chile. But anyway. As nor as usual, go see Chef. He has a wonderful 
recipe for you coming out of Chile. And we're back. So the voyage has begun again and we are off and running. And until we meet again for the next story, obviously coming out of Argentina, as always, have a blessed day. Welcome, my friends, to the galley. I am your chef, chef, and today we have a wonderful recipe inspired by the story you have just heard. Today, we will be creating cazuela. Now, what do you need for this recipe? Six drumsticks or thighs. Three cups cubed peeled butternut squash. One inch cubes, please. Six small potatoes peeled. Six pieces of fresh or frozen corn on the cob. Two inches is all you need. Three carrots cut into one inch chunks. Six cans, that is 14 and a half ounces each of chicken broth. Hot cooked rice, hot pepper, salt and pepper to taste. And of course, some minced fresh cilantro or parsley. Now, how do we put this together? Easy. In a large soup kettle or Dutch oven, place the chicken, squash, potatoes, corn, carrots, and broth together. Bring this to a boil and reduce the heat. Cover and simmer for 25 minutes or until the chicken is done and the vegetables are tender. Then serve it over rice in a shallow bowl. Serve with hot pepper sauce, salt and pepper and cilantro or parsley. And that is it my friend. There you have it. Now go and make this recipe yours. And until I have another wonderful recipe for you, Remember Antuco and his luck. Follow your dreams. And until next time, my friends, as always, enjoy. Thank you for joining us on this voyage. Thanks to Art by Chalet for the logo, episode, and t-shirt designs. You may also get a t-shirt and other items on tpublic.com. You can contact me on all socials at AfroTalesCast. That's Afro, T-A-L-E-S, cast. And email me at AfroTalesPodcast at Yahoo.com. You may also become a benefactor by simply sharing with any and everyone, giving a thumbs up, or rating in your podcast app of choice. If you wish to donate, I am on Patreon and Coffee.com. That's K-O-F-I.com. So, until we meet again, may your winds be fair and your seas follow. <laughs>